It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rulebook, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. Time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. Welcome to The Big Rethink. Today's episode is about how new battery management and battery-free technology can help the environment and a company's bottom line. Our guest, David Sue, CEO and co-founder of Atmosic. David, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So let's just jump to it. I know our, our listeners are going to want to know who you are. So just reviewing your CV, uh, you have over 30 years of engineering expertise, much of it in wireless and radio design. You were a VP of engineering at Qualcomm. You have a PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford. So I have to ask, why engineering? Why wireless? I guess the engineering piece is fairly straightforward. Uh, I've always been very interested in understanding how things work. So that led very naturally into engineering. And in many ways, I've been very lucky in the sense that I get to do what I enjoy doing and even get paid for doing it. So that's this engineering piece of it. Wireless side, it started off as a novelty. If you remember back some 20 years ago, uh, wireless wasn't exactly mainstream yet. And that was considered new technology. And I was back then at HP Labs and sort of got into the, the project for wireless. And that sort of started that journey into using basic CMOS technology, moving it to the gigahertz range that, that led to wireless communication, Wi-Fi, and others. So that's how I ended up getting into this, uh, fortunate enough to get into this widespread adoption of wireless technology. And we've come a very long ways now, as you can see that uh, we no longer need ethernet cables and the younger kids might not even know what that is. And now we have this entire new generation of people growing up thinking that Wi-Fi is the internet. I think you nailed it right on the head. The whole concept of having a, a physical connection to another device. You know, I know my niece wouldn't understand the concept at all. But <laughs> that, that leads to my next question. So, like, how did your career and those decisions lead to what you're doing now? That, that's interesting. One word, luck. <laughs> I'd rather be lucky than good, as I always like to say. But, but, but on a more serious note... I have this general guideline or principle that I try to follow in the sense that in whatever we do, pick something that we enjoy doing, something that we can actually do reasonably well, and obviously something that we find meaningful. So that intersection, more or less, what we consider the guiding principle. And in choosing a job, in many cases, that led to who we get to work with. Is the, is the work meaningful? And uh, for, for example, for today at Amazic, I've been very fortunate to have a very talented team members to work with. They are passionate about what they do. Yeah, I think it's, it's super important, like you said, to have strong guidelines and principles to guide you. And I think that is something that struck me, especially off your website. So I want to repeat something back to you in quotes, which sure. I think is like the holy grail. And, you know, again, I'm quoting off your website. So quote, unquote, we aim to make batteries last forever and the Internet of Things battery-free. So those are yes. two huge goals, lofty goals, right? So how are you yes. going to attain them? I think having a big, ambitious goal is important because that excites me, excites 
the vision for the company as well. And that makes, as I say, meaningful goals to go after. And the way I look at it is, it's a journey. Just look back, say, the wireless connectivity journey. Just 20 years ago, it would be hard for me to envision gigabit data communication using wireless. And today, all of us, most of us, I, I guess in the US, we have it in our homes now. So you can imagine a similar journey on the battery life point of view, in the sense that how can we lower the power consumption and uh, how can we add in energy harvesting? It's the combination of energy harvesting and uh, power consumption to the point that we can create a solution that will now last the duration of the product. So from power consumption point of view, for example, is that we can now reduce the power consumption by four to five times compared to what is currently available. And it's a journey. We should aim to push it down further and further. There is that continuing improvement part of it. And on the energy harvesting side, uh, it's an old concept. The, but the smaller amount of energy you need, the easier it is to achieve. So you can imagine that balance that will get us to the goal in the longer term in the sense that more and more devices around us will have forever battery life or be battery free. So I, I, th I think you just brought up a concept. We're going to talk a little bit more about energy harvesting. But let me first ask sure. you, because, you know, your technology, you know, touches on a lot of industries. And it's something that we know, I think, fairly well at Panasonic about, like, verticals, right? So, so your technology, right, talks to right, smart city, Correct. automotive, industrial, home, healthcare. And so what is that common technology denominator then? Is it energy harvesting? In, in our case, what we are aiming to do actually is, if you look at the big, bigger picture of IoT, you have the brand, usually is the cloud piece of it, and then you have all these peripheral or endpoint devices around. What we are aiming to do in the near term is focus on the endpoint IoT devices. And what you find out is that these devices typically has three functions that is important to us. It has a sensing function, it has the compute function, and it has the communication function. So I will consider those to be the quote-unquote common technology denominators. And the goal is to bring that power consumption down as low as we can. I'll give you an example. If you look at, say, a, uh, a remote control, a push-to-talk remote control, so it will have, it's an endpoint device. It will have, for example, the sensing ability in, in terms of recording the voice. There's a microphone. It will have the compute ability because you now need to encode, compress the voice data. And then there is the piece that you communicate back to the cloud that actually does the actual speech recognition and send back the right information. So you can imagine that being the common denominator. So that's interesting then. So, and so you kind of corrected me, which is great. So then we get into, so how would you explain then the concept of, to someone like me, right, what energy harvesting is? That, that's a good question. Uh, energy harvesting has been around for a long time. And it's actually a very simple concept at the core of it, and obviously many people have uh, different spins on it. The way I will explain it is, it's a concept of capturing energy around us to power devices that we have, as opposed to taking it from the, uh, a battery or plug it into a power cord. So, so that is a, the general piece of it. It's not really magical. 
you can look at it as in it's a disputed way of power generation. You are generating your power locally versus at a power plant. So, so if you look at it from that point of view, and uh, from that point of view, energy harvesting is actually not that magical. On a larger scale, we are quite familiar with solar panel on people's rooftop. You see that this day. Uh, obviously, that is harvesting a lot of energy. Right. Uh, yeah, for IoT, we're talking about much lower power consumption. And now you don't need a big solar panel. You can do it with a something in the order of less than 10 square centimeter type of solar cells that, for example, Panasonic has a lot of those. And you can see, see that leads to a slightly different type of use case environment around allowing solutions that can work much, much longer in battery life. And in many cases, battery free. I'll give you an example. I actually have a uh, solar wristwatch and it's been running for 15 years. Oh. And the beauty of it is I never had to worry about battery change. So it's real. It's been around I, for years. I, I've got to ask you, I'm sorry. Let, let me just let's clarify that just because maybe I misheard. You're saying that's been running for 15 years. 15 years, yeah. I, I, I've only about 15 years and it still, still works. That's incredible. That's incredible. So how long then, I know we're kind of, moving a little bit off the topic, but so how long would you say the concept of energy harvesting has been around for? Because this is the first time I've heard of it. Uh, I, the general concept is around for a long, long time. Uh, people have done it, wristwatches, the, 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 the original mechanical wristwatches, in, in many ways, it is energy harvesting from your motion of your arm. And, and then more, more recently, over the last 10 years, Solar calculators, if you notice that calculators has gone without batteries now, it's done quietly. And I would challenge you to go out there and try to buy a calculator that has batteries in it. You probably would have a hard time finding one. So it's been around for a long time and it's just getting to be more widespread. And what we are doing essentially is adding in that connectivity piece that has been missing. You know, it's really interesting now that I think about it, I think you're spot on. I haven't seen any calculators probably in 30 years that actually has, you know, batteries for a power source. It's just solar powered now, which is interesting. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's come I totally forgot about that. That's great. Without us noticing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So let's talk then about some like real world, like you were saying, applications or use cases. So hmm. what are some industries where energy harvesting that you think will have a huge impact? There's, there's a lot of areas you can almost... Uh, envision that we'll we'll benefit from energy harvesting, lower power consumption. For let's just take consumer electronics for example, remote control. We all have it around in our house, and uh, I don't know about you. I have a few remotes that I use very infrequently, and every single time I need to use it, I need to change battery first. It's almost an annoyance. Uh, not to mention why I throw away. So let's not. Uh, don't don't make me feel guilty about that part <laughs> of it. <laughs> And, and if you look at healthcare, for example, glucose monitor thing, mm -hmm. hospitals have all, and factories, warehouses, all the tracking they want to do, they are mostly battery operated these days, industrial sensing, temperature. And then there's, there are toys that kids use as well. And mm -hmm. increasingly, they are connected and they are smart toys and believe it or not, battery operator. So you can imagine there's a very widespread use of different technologies yeah. that is applied. It sounds almost unlimited. And I'm, I'm a little surprised you said you only have two remote controls. We've got like five. 
uh, <laughs> I, I do have a handful of remote controls, and many <laughs> some I, I hardly ever use though. Uh, right. Those are the most annoying ones that 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 when you, every time you use it, you need to change the battery first. Well, that's a, it's always a concern. So, so I know we talked about a lot of things, but you know, based on everything we've discussed, what is one trend you think our listeners should know about? Right. Maybe 20 years from now, they're going to think back and be like, you know, I think I remember this podcast with a guy named David Sue. What do you want them to remember <laughs> about you know, this, this podcast? I, I, I think there's one trend that I personally find very encouraging is that as consumers, we are beginning to be much more aware of the total cost of ownership for our purchases. You can see that around, for example, light bulbs. We are all willing to pay more for that LED light bulb because we know that at the end of the day, it saves money to us because you pay less in electricity bills. Even smoke detectors these days, I was at a local store recently, you can now buy them for 10 years at a time. You no longer need to change battery every year or worry about the chirping in the middle of the night. So, so, so that trend I think is very interesting and I think it's continuing on to connected devices now. You can see people launching products that are PV remote, uh, solar power keyboards, as I mentioned, calculators earlier. And I felt like that level of uh, the trend line 20 years from now, it'd be very interesting to see what additional device beyond the ones we mentioned, calculators, for example, are now running without batteries. Yeah, and I think you also said something that's super important, and I could probably do more of it in my life, where you talk about the total cost of ownership on the consumer side, because that's something yes. we, we live and breathe, right, at work. Like, Correct. what's your investment? Yes. What's your return? And that's something I just don't do, even, you know, buying, you know, simple electronics. Like, how long is this going to last me? And that's why I get and, a warranty. And, and how many right? times you can change the battery along the way? How inconvenient can it be, for example? Yeah. And you might pay more at the beginning. Right. More tolerant in the beginning. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I think that's, a, that's an important concept you nailed. So let me ask you, you know, one more question. Because, I mean, what I like about these podcasts is that, you know, you come across people who, who are really passionate about what they do. And I, I think you're one of them. So, so what do you love about your job? Oh, there, there's, there's a lot I like about my job, <laughs> other than being paid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm an engineer, so I love to the entire process of how a product is designed, built, and delivered. And seeing how technology that at the beginning, the inception point to when it's deployed and where it's being sold at the store or online these days. And, and I actually think that is a privilege. And on top of it is the opportunity to ask, what ifs? What if we do this instead? Can we improve what we do? Can we make what we do more meaningful? And, uh, and, and ultimately, always is that, seeing how a company and a group of people come together to deliver a value add that people appreciate. Well, I think that's great. And it, it definitely shows in our conversation. I, I think ultimately you like to fix things and optimize things. You know, David, I gotta tell you, I, you know, we're about out of time, but it's been great having you on the show. Thanks very much, Barry. Would you come back? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. And uh, just for our listeners, you know, if you enjoyed the podcast or, you know, even didn't enjoy the podcast but have ideas to make us better, visit us at our feed on iTunes to rate, review, or subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. We want your feedback. And that's it for us on another episode of The Big Rethink. Until next time, I'm Barry Ross.